Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Santa Anita on Tuesday, December 26, 2023. Merry Christmas! This is show number 255, December 24th, 2023. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, does Malibu Day put you in that Christmas spirit? Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite presents every year during the holidays doesn't come on Christmas Day. It comes on the day after Christmas, the, the, at least in recent times, the uh, opening day for Santa Anita. It's always a good card, and it's always a nice way to sort of kick off the almost new calendar year of racing. So really looking forward to it. And it is a, a good card, the challenging sequence we're going to talk about. Yeah, I uh, I consider it a Christmas present, even though it, I was expecting to to be able to handicap everything really in depth, and uh, and you know it turned out that Christmas got in the way, so so I wasn't able to spend as much time as I would like, but enough that I think uh, the pick five is playable. Well, it certainly will be fun to talk about the races. Uh, we'll, we can talk about playability and the. Listeners can decide that part of it, but you know there, there's definitely some good horses and some good races. Okay, well we're uh, we don't have a guest, so so we'll just roll right into it. Uh, starts with the seventh race. It's an allowance, a six and a half furlong downhill turf race, purse of six hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars for three-year-olds and up. Uh, why don't you get us started? Yeah, this race, um, it's interesting. Um, Book Smart, if he, you know, it looks like he's going to be lone speed, and he's certainly, you know, the the horse to beat. And um, what's interesting about his line is he ran his last race off a really um, short rest, and a lot of times people will don't like to play horses off short rest. I've always been someone who says they're as likely to run well off short rest as they are off longer rest typically. But where I'm against them is the next time they run after that. Um, usually those two quick races in succession, especially if they're big efforts, like the ones that Booksmart had, take their toll and they, they can regress. So even though I'd still say he's the most likely winner, uh, he's the kind of horse I like to try to fade because he's likely to get heavily bet and you know, that's always been my thinking on those horses off short rest. You're not against them on that race off short rest when you're against them is the next time out. So this is the chance to try to bet against Book Smart. That's what I'm going to do. Um, after that, it seems pretty wide open. There's two horses I was trying to zero it down to. Um, and I landed on the one I think will be a better price, even though he's not a better price on the morning line. And that's the five Hawker. 
who's eight to one on the morning line, but I really think he'll be higher than that. Um, I don't quite get that morning line, but um, he's a horse that's had lots of difficult trips in his races. Um, he's cutting back in distance for this, and I do think he's, you know, better sprinting. Um, this is his third off the layoff. If he can get any kind of a trip, I think he could run a really big race. Um, and like I said, I think he'll be double digit odds. Uh, there, you can make a case for many others in here, and I'm sure you'll probably make a case for someone else. If there is a second horse I like at a price in here as well, but I'm going to go with the five Hawker and, um, you know, hope that and he gets Hernandez, good rider, uh, gets Rispoli's off. Rispoli can make good rides, but he also takes lots of chances and gets in trouble a lot of times. I think this is a horse that's not good for that kind of rider. So I think the switch will be good. And I'm hoping he gets a better trip and a better result at a big price. So I'm going with the five Hawker. Okay. Well, I, I, I think my horse is one that you do not have because you said Hawker was the higher price. I've got an even higher price and that is minister Shane. He is second off the layoff going dirt to turf off the layoff. He is three for three in the exacta on the hill, including one win. Um, I did look up the trainer, Carla Gaines, uh, her record going uh, second off a layoff, dirt to turf. And it wasn't a great record, but it was it was like one for four with a, you know, a 197 ROI. So, I mean, it was okay. It's not something she specializes in. It's not something she um, does on a regular basis. But she has done it. And, um, you know, has good spacing since then. Ran some good numbers as a younger four-year-old and now has coming off a layoff as a late five-year-old. I think has a perfectly good shot here. And um, you know, that, that, that's my pick. I have a couple of other uses, but uh, I'll throw it back to you. No, that was my other horse. But I, I actually think Hawker will go off at a bigger price, Minister Shane. That's what I'm saying. If they if they go off at that those prices, then I would think Minister Shane is to play. But I really think the line's just wrong on Hawker. I mean, I don't see him. He hasn't been on the board in a while, and he was like seven or eight to one last time. I don't know why now in the same race he's going to be eight to one again. Um, whereas Minister Shane's coming off an on you know a pretty good comeback effort, second off the layoff. And, you know, his last time down the hill, he won. I think he's going to get bit. So not, I think he still could be playable, but I think those two at post time, probably their odds will be reversed. Um, and Hawker okay. will be the bigger price. That's all I meant. But I do like Minister Shane, all the reasons you said. Kind of not exactly the golden pattern because he's getting kind of old for that, but um, definitely second off a layoff, switching back to the turf, and he's done well down the hill before. You know, a lot to like there. Um, if you got 12 to 1, that's definitely a play. Like I said, I have a feeling he's going to get bet down some. Um, and that, that's all I meant when I talked about okay, it. I okay. like to. That makes sense. Yeah, and I, I was shocked when I saw that he was 12 to 1. I was like, what? 12 to 1? Because yeah, I, I figured he'd be like 5 to 1 or something. Yeah, probably. I think he's more 6 to 1, maybe a little higher. And I think Hawker's more like the 12 to 1 shot in this race. So, But we'll see. You never know. But one thing about John White, he makes – a pretty good morning line, but it, it's really, he makes him really flat. He doesn't ever take any 
chances. He'll pick everybody like four to one, six to one in some races. And there's no way they're all going to be four to one, six to one. At least one of them is going to get bet down and one, one or two are going to float up. But he never really tries to, to kind of takes the, the easy way out and just picks them all about the same. And so he's never far off. But, you know, he never really differentiates between the top four or five picks unless it's really obvious. So anyway, we'll see. Um, that's you'll see that in the other races we're going to talk about. He has these morning lines where everybody's about the same odds. Um, that's kind of his M.O. OK, well, I guess we should just mention another horse or two. Uh, well, so like Beef Winslow, I, I'm not that excited about him at seven to two. But he does seem to be a new horse this year, has run three good races in a row, um, apparently stumbled and steadied in his last race, still almost won, um, and had his best work ever, or best work at least uh, in a long time going into that race. Uh, any thoughts on Beef Winslow? Well, I mean, at 7-2, I'm not really interested. He's cutting back, which is not necessarily bad going down the hill um so you know i i, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins but you know he's seven to two and he's pratt is on board so i just don't see any value there but he's a contender for sure yeah i, I mean <clears throat> I, i'll use him uh i'll have to revisit hawker hawker looks like you know he he's got a shot um he he wasn't a use in my original uh, handicapping, but he does, you know, come off a two-turn race and had trouble in the race before. So, um, so yeah, so, so I, I'd have to say Beef Winslow is sort of my second choice, and I'll have to revisit Hawker. Yeah, the other one I'm kind of interested in at a price besides Hawker and Minister Shane is the, maybe the two Manitowish who um hasn't run well on the turf yet but hasn't tried that many times and you know he he comes in this race third off the layoff um probably sitting on a good effort you know the question mark for him is just the surface he has tactical speed um you know and he did have one race where he hit the board going five and a half it wasn't a great effort but it wasn't bad so to me, at a potential big price, you know, he's another one I might be interested in. Um, is the Manitowish at uh, twelve to one the morning line? He's one that could float up well above that twelve to one price, I think. So, you know, he's another one I, I would consider using at, at least in verticals, as you know, if you're going to play exact at their tries or supers. He's yeah, one I, you could throw in a price. I have played, I have played horses that have run quarter horse races and one um you know i i've actually won playing that um playing horses that actually did that but in a stakes race i'd be kind of surprised if a quarter horse that's run quarter horse races will, would actually win so uh so i uh, i'll i'll go without manitowish but um he does have some fast numbers on dirt it's interesting that you say that um, because on my latest bet with the best podcast, my shameless plug, I try to get at least once on our show each week. I had uh, Leo Vukmanovic on from, he's a, a Southern California player. And um, 
one of the angles he brought up was um, in recent years, they changed the conditions that they, they run horses on now in those thousand yard races at Los Al were used to think it was just cheap horses who you could toss. Um, now a lot of good horses run in those races and they tend to do very well at Santa Anita and he's making, he's made money off that angle. So you might want to be careful about fading the horse because it ran in that thousand yard race at Los Al. It's done that in the past before and came back and won at Santa Anita. Like you said, it wasn't in stakes races, but the last, you know, he came back, you know, he ran at Los Al last year, a thousand yards, ran third, came back and uh, two races later at Santa Anita uh, on the turf, you know, ran a third. So I don't know. He has fast enough races where if he can translate his dirt form, he might be able to do it on turf. Maybe not win, but like I said, hit the board at a big price. So it's just kind of funny that you said that because that was one of the <laughs> angles that Leo brought up. Um, and he's a pretty sharp player. Um, and he said, you know, it's just recently because of the way they've changed how they write those races. Um, it used to be you could fade them, but now they're, they're much stronger than they used to be. And, and look, there's no value in fading a 12 to 1. But, um, but you know, that's just just something that I noticed that when they run quarter horse race, when they run any quarter horse races, generally uh, I'm, I'm not going to use them unless they've proven that they can do it on the surface and the distance. So, um, anyway. No, I'm probably uh, wise. I just wanted to bring that up because you reminded me of that when you said that. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and look, that guy's a legend. So, um, you know, I, I, I won't, I won't take that, uh, that, that angle lightly anymore. All right, let's go to the eighth race. It is the Malibu. Seven furlongs on dirt, grade one, first 300,004 three-year-olds, always one of the better races of the year. Um, I guess, you know, just for the easy cadence, I'll just have you start each one, and, uh, and then I'll finish. Sure, I was just going to say, you can kick this one off, but if you want to send it to me, great. Um, well, this is an interesting race. I know people are, so, I, I, you know, out on social media, they're sort of, dissing this race because it doesn't have a bunch of grade one winners, but I kind of like it. And I actually think there's some quality in this field. It's just full of horses. It's really weird. They have this grade one at the end of the year sprinting for three-year-olds. I don't like the fact that they do that. I really think they shouldn't have grade one races for three-year-olds only, you know, this late in the year, but it attracts horses. Um, in this case, a lot of horses that either a are talented, but had, you know, setbacks and didn't race during the year and they're coming back now. Um, you'll see a couple of those. And also a couple of them were, they showed talent sprinting and then they got on the derby trail and that didn't work out so well, but now they're back to sprinting like they should. Um, so what I'm trying to say is I think these horses, if they can stay sound, some of them could be really good, are good horses and could have a really good four-year-old season. So this race might not look so weak in hindsight. Um, uh, and, you know, I think there is quality there. And, you know, Baffer has three of the horses, assuming they all go. Um, you know, I certainly like Speedboat Beats, the best of the three. And I was very high on him going into the Breeders' Cup. And I have to admit, he was disappointing. Uh, it wasn't disappointing that he ran a bad race. He just basically ran the same race he had run before. And, and I expected to see big improvement off the golden pattern. Um, and he needed big improvement to win that race. So the fact he didn't show it there was disappointing. Um, 
I'm not quite ready to give up on him uh, because, you know, he, he may have just been a race away. He kind of got rushed up to the Breeders' Cup. And I think if you look at the way he's trained since then, you could kind of make that case. I mean, you would think he would be sort of in maintenance mode after that race coming up into this race. Um, you know, they wouldn't be giving him any long gate drills like they did before that because he should be, you know, pretty fit. But Baffert actually had him drill six furlongs from the gate just a few weeks ago, which tells me he must think that there's still a little bit more uh, room to tighten the screws. And so if that's right, and maybe he was just one race away from the big race, we might see it in here. Um, so uh, I think of the three Bafferts, the three favorites, he's the one that you would want to use. But I'm not excited about playing him as a favorite. So I'm going to try to get past those. Um, and the one I landed on was the one horse Giant Mischief. There's actually two I was trying to decide between, but I went with Giant Mischief. Partly because he's been a, a Baffert Giant Slayer already. I remember last year at the Breeders' Cup at Keeneland, there were a couple of horses that were getting a lot of buzz that weren't actually in Breeders' Cup races. They were in uh, the undercard. And one of those horses was Giant Mischief. Um, Giant Mischief went against one of those horses, Arabian Lion. The other one's Arabian Knight. And he and Arabian Lion... Um, you know, really kind of threw it down and he got the best of him in that race, uh, really ran big. And um, uh, after that, they kind of tried stretching him out. They didn't work very well and he went on the bench and we see this happen a lot. And they brought him back, I think, to sprint and his comeback effort was good. His second off the layoff, he kind of got a slow start, still ran pretty well. It was kind of against the flow. He couldn't run down a leader. But um, third off the layoff um, and a race where I think he might get a really good trip sitting off the leaders, um, saving ground and then, you know, splitting horses maybe and finishing off the race. Uh, he might be able to be another, you know, slay the Baffert horses again. And uh, he's five to one in the morning line. I just don't know how they're going to bet this race, but it seems like he could be, he could drift up above that five. I'm not super excited about playing him, but if he were to drift up, you know, he might be playable. So I'm going to go with the one giant mischief to try to take down the Baffert trio. Uh, there's one other possible um, horse that could do it as well. Um, my guess is you might be on that horse, Scott, but if not, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that one. Uh, you, your guess would be wrong because I'm on one of the Bafferts, and that is Hijazi. And let me see why I like him. He was fast at two. He ran a little better than that in his last race, uh, which was uh, off a layoff as a three-year-old. I already liked him, and I was I was ready to go. And and but I said, you know, let me just check the workout report since DRF has a workout report uh on the malibu card i don't know if they're doing all of the sanzanita but um they at least have one for the malibu card and he gets an a minus workout report from um, from the december 15th workout uh, i also noticed that the horse cost 3.5 million which usually doesn't mean anything but it might you know that work it looks like this race might make that price tag look slightly worth it <laughs> I don't know how much he's worth if he uh, if he 
in the breeding shed if he wins this race. But, um, you know, he, I think he's three to one, so it's not that exciting. And he, you know, he might get bad, especially if the, if the uh, Andy Harrington workout report also is, is enthusiastic about his works. Um, but he is the horse that I decided looked the best. He, he's supposed to be a fast pace. He's going to sit right off the pace. Um, looks like he could he could win this, and you know, I would take it at three to one. I did have as my other horse, Giant Mischief. Uh, I wrote that he could take advantage of the fast pace and get up at a reasonable price of five to one. He is. Uh, I, I know you hate these, but he has a giant circle back pattern from his two year old year, and. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like he could run uh, the best race of his life if he follows up on that uh, potential pattern. So, so those are the two that I was most interested in. Yeah, actually, there are circle back patterns, and they are they come off layoffs. So, I, I mean, he he actually does have a circle back pattern. There really is not a random thing. It, so I'm so I'm actually with you on that one. Uh, I, it's just when when. They're just in the run of, uh, of you know, cert, of a, a, ra- a set of a series of races that aren't off layoffs where they're just randomly running a little slower, a little faster, where I kind of um, think that those patterns are random. But anyway, um, a couple things that I will say uh, about Hajazi. One is when he, they're three and a half million dollar horses. That means they're good lookers and they're good movers and they can they can breeze fast. So fact that he gets good. Workout reports probably not surprising because he probably looked pretty good in his like yearling or two-year-old breeze or whatever, and that's part of the reason they paid so much for him. I watched the workouts for all the Baffert horses, and I thought his was pretty good, but it, I, I wouldn't have given an A minus. I thought it was all well. Right. It depends on on which one. I mean, like for example, uh, you were not happy with the Nick style workout, which was like a, a couple weeks ago. But the workout that you looked at and you didn't like was like his le- workout right before the race, which the DRF workout report had it as a maintenance move. So, you know, it really depends on what they're asking the horse for. If they're asking for the horse to like really go uh, as opposed to a maintenance move, you know, not every workout is the same, uh, has the same yeah. uh, target, you know. Yeah, but I, I watched the, the work you talked about, the December 15th work. So that was okay. one I could see. It didn't impress me that much. Um, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it, I, I wouldn't have, you know, didn't jump off the page. I, I looked at, you know, compared to Fort Bragg's had the one that had the bad work. I didn't like his work at all. So of the three, uh, he, he, I didn't like his work. His one, one of his works was really bad, I thought, um, for him, because he's a pretty good workhorse. Speedboat Beach, I thought was the best for sure, but he always works good. I mean, he just he's fast, so I wouldn't upgrade him much on that. But you know, just looking at that. Um, but yeah, I, I, Hajazi's got the golden pattern. You know, he's worth a bunch of money, and uh, he's coming off a six-link or win, um, and you know, he gets Flavian or no, he doesn't. He gets Hernandez on board. You know, I have a feeling he's going to get bet. I don't know how they're going to bet the Bafferts, but I think favoritism will probably be between Hajazi and Speedboat Beach. Probably Speedboat Beach will be the favorite because he's coming out of the Breeders' Cup race, right? So, and Flavian Pratt. But those two are probably going to be the top two choices, and they're probably the two most likely winners. Um, 
I wouldn't argue with that. But the other horse I thought might offer a price is the um, the eight horse raised cane. He's one of these horses who, um, you know, they just were trying to run him on two turn races and he was doing okay. He never won, but he ran some decent races kind of on the uh, derby preps. He actually ran in the Kentucky Derby, but he's by violence and you kind of had the feeling he's going to do better when they finally cut him back again. And sure enough, they finally cut him back and he won in a pretty good feel that Dr. Vankman, he bet is a pretty good beat. He's a, is a pretty good horse at Keeneland. Um, and since that race, he sports a really sharp 46 and change work. So I think he's relishing the cutback and distance. And, you know, they're trying to get that grade one win. And and he may get a nice setup. He got the outside post in a race that should have plenty of pace on. I mean, not just the Baffert horses, but a couple other horses in here have are pretty quick. So you would think it will be more than an honest pace. And um, he might get a good setup and come running late. I don't know how they're going to bet him either at five to one again. Not real exciting, but between he and um, uh, between him and Giant Mischief, one of those two hopefully would float up above that price and might be playable. But those are the two I think are probably the best value. I uh, I, I I sort of agree on Ray's Kane. I mean, he his his last couple of one turn races have been very good. Uh, I guess he won. The Aqueduct race, what, at 23 to 1? And, uh, you know, this trainer, Ben Colbrook, I don't know what the general consensus is on him, but he's pretty good. Uh, who was that horse that he had? Uh, that um, his, his, his two-year-old should be coming any day now. Um, uh, started with an M. I, uh, a two-year-old? No, 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 He, he, he was oh, a three-year-old. Oh, that was, oh, this was like, are we talking about years ago? Yeah, yeah, a few years ago, a few years ago. It wasn't that long ago. That's why his two-year-old children should be coming any, any okay, day. Okay, I don't, I don't remember who the horse is, but uh, he's had Start with an horses. M. Start with an M. Um, he, he was, he, he ran, he ran a bunch of really good races. He was a derby contender, um, but he didn't make the derby. Well, anyway. So, so somebody will tell us on Twitter who that horse was. Yeah, he's hot right now too. I mean, his horses have been running well. Um, that's who I yeah. thought you would. You would. Uh, I thought that would be the horse you were going to be on. Um, so. Um, no, but uh, you know, he he definitely he totally fits uh, off that last race, and he's and like you said, he's got a good workout since then. Um, yeah, I, I would include him. Yeah. So I mean. This is a, it's a good race. You know, even Damon's Mound's a pretty good horse. Uh, I just think one of the Baffert horses is going to go. It's probably Speedboat Beach, and I don't see Damon's Mound, you know, going head-to-head with uh, Speedboat Beach and then winning, holding everybody off at seven furlongs. But he's a nice horse, too. Um, so it's a, it's, I don't think this field is bad. And like I said, I think some of these horses could be really good next year if they stay healthy. Um, so I'm I'm not as down on the quality of this field. I think, like I said, in hindsight, people might say, yeah, that was a pretty good field back that Malibu. Look at how all those horses have run come you know, coming out of that race. So we'll see. Okay, well, we'll go to the next race, which is the 
Santanita the Mathis Mile Stakes. I, I always thought it was called just the Mathis Mile, but now apparently it's the Santanita Mathis Mile. It's a grade two mile on turf, first of 200,000 for three-year-olds. And what are you thinking here? Well, this is my, um, my play of the day for sure. Um, in these races, this is a pretty evenly matched field, so it all usually comes down to sort of trips. And I, I just think the one Ryquist is clearly the bet um, at anything close to that 12 to 1 morning line. Um, if you watch his race, two races back, the Twilight at Santa Anita, you know, at this track, um, he actually finished ahead of three of the horses in this race, including the two favorites, the four Almendares and the seven Watsonville. Both, he beat them both in that race. And neither of those horses really had any excuse. So he, he's already finished ahead of the favorites. I think he's going to do better cutting back to a mile. And he draws the rail and gets Irad on board. So he's going to get a trip. And he's got tactical speed in a race without any pace. So he's going to get like a rail trip on or near a tepid pace in a race where he's already beaten the favorites at this racetrack you know, on the, on the turf course. So, you know, they're two to one and five to two, and this one's 12 to one. If you, if, if that price disparity um, exists at post time, you know, this horse is a, a definite play. So, you know, number one, Ryquist, I think is the play of the day. So when you ask me, what's my best value play at the end of the day, this is going to be it. Um, I really like Ryquist. If you can get double digit odds on that horse um, and you might, because, horse has been huge prices in its recent races like i said it outran its odds two races back it kind of ran a clunker last time but it kind of got too close to a hot pace and just you know they didn't persevere much and that was in a in race with you know really good horses like web slinger and program trading so um you know against these kind of horses i think that re effort two back is representative of what it can do and um you know it and that was good enough to beat these horses and makes him a, a great play at anything close to 12 to one. Wow. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Very interesting uh, angle on, on the horses he beat. Um, I, I do think I'm guessing, I know the sire is Nyquist, but I'm guessing it's Rayquist because the dam is named Reiki baby. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to guess it's Rayquist, but we'll have to listen to some replays to find out who the announcers think what the announcers think. Um, I actually went with a different horse. I went with Panic Alarm. Um, Panic Alarm has been going nine furlongs his last two races. Cuts back to a mile, and I think that could be enough to put him in the winner's circle. His best number in the U.S. was his first race, which was a mile and a 16th. He's got a little um, improvement circle back, you know, slight improvement. You can call it a circle back or, you know, I, I wouldn't call it a circle back, but I've heard it called a circle back where, you know, they run a top, then they run a, 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 a slightly off race and then a slightly improved race. And the big race is coming up. So, uh, uh, so since his best race was at a mile of 16th and now he's cutting back a little bit more and his two wins in Europe were at seven furlongs, he is the horse that I like the most. Um, I'm definitely liking Rayquist though, 
based on your uh, analysis and just eyeballing his numbers. So I'm going to look at him again. And um, I, I I do like that Almendras, um, am, am I pronouncing that right? I must have spelled Al, Almendares. Uh, that horse, you know, he's the favorite. His numbers are a little bit better than everybody else's. I'd have a hard time not including him. And I would also include Dandy Man Shines. Um, but I, I figure if I'm using those three, I also got to use Rayquist. So, so I'm probably going to have to go four deep here. Yeah, Panic Alarm makes a lot of sense. If you and and you know if it's the fourth choice, uh, there, that's not bad at all. I just between that one and. I'm still going to call it Ryquist because it's by Nyquist, so we'll see. I don't like. I I should watch the replay. I usually have the sound off when I watch replays, so I should turn the sound on just so I get the pronunciation of the horses. But even the track announcers don't always um, get it right. Um, but anyway, Ryquist, Requist, whatever it is, you know, it did beat Panic Alarm last time they faced each other. Um, Panic Alarm had a little bit of trouble. Of the three it beat, that one had a little bit of an excuse. So. I could see maybe it turning the tables, but again, the problem with Panic Alarm uh, is that this that horse kind of has no speed at all, and there's really this is a race that I think small field, not much pace on, and that could you know hurt that horse's chances. Whereas Ryquist is going to be right up on their saving ground, and um, you know for a tactical standpoint, I think much more likely to get a good trip than panic alarm that so that's you know a differentiator i think between those two but i wouldn't talk you out of that one if i if i weren't playing ryquist it would be panic alarm would be my next pick next choice next play okay i'm just uh Are you watching a replay or something? <laughs> yeah. Trying to get the name, how, what's the pronunciation of the name? Is that what you're trying to get? Okay, Larry Colas calls him Rayquist. So I know he's pretty particular about his pronunciation. So, so, uh, but you know, it's interesting. He's 39 to one in that last race, which uh, was the Hollywood Derby. And so it's pretty interesting that you know, he ran an off race, but he was expected to run an off race. And it also says he was off heels two times. So uh, I, 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 I'm going to have to watch that race again. Um, I'm going to have to watch that race as a replay watcher, not just uh, to, uh, to, to get a pronunciation. Um, I'm definitely interested in him now. So, Well, yeah, and he was 73 to 1 in the race before that, and he only beat half a length. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, we're, I, I mean, he's been he's been double digits in in every race except for two, and uh, he won his maiden at seventeen to one. So uh, he this is a horse that exceeds his uh, exceeds his odds. But now he does get Irad, which will probably take his odds down. But I still think twelve to one's a possibility um, in this race. Okay, were there were there any other horses in there that you were interested in? No, if I play this, I won't go deep. I'll probably just single Ryquist. because um, I know if he wins, then I'll get a, a good payout. And 
I think he's as likely to win as anybody else in the race. So that's the kind of horse I like to single. Um, a, a big price that's as, as likely to win as anybody else. Um, and he's actually beaten three of the horses in the race at lower prices. You know, the first, second, and fourth choices in the race. He actually beat them the last time they ran against each other. So, I mean, to me, this is just a like an, you know, no-brainer play. Uh, I just got to bet this horse. Okay. This is this is your zombie. It sounds like. yeah yeah. I mean, I don't think he's gonna be thirty-five to one, but right, right, right. Uh, but I, you know, I I really think he's he's a great bet. Just put it that way. I mean, I don't fall in, try not to fall in love with a horse or a pick. I'm much more interested in the bet. But you know, at twelve to one, this horse is the bet. Okay. Well, hopefully he won't open at five to one with Irad, <laughs> which he might. It'll definitely cut his price some, but it also guarantees a good trip, given that he's got a good post and he's got tactical speed in the race without a lot of speed. It's hard to see Irad not giving this horse a good you know, ride and, a, and not him not getting a good trip. I mean, he, he's clearly the one most likely to get the, a good trip. So not only, you know, all the other things in his favor, you know, in a turf route, that trip can be mean everything. Okay. Well, <clears throat> definitely you got me to include him. So uh, let's move to the 10th race. It's the La Brea Stakes, grade one, seven furlongs. This is the Philly version of the $300,000 grade one race. And um, who you like in here? Yeah, you know, this one, I think legitimately, it's got a little bigger feel, but there's not the same quality as there is in the, the Malibu, which isn't surprising too much. Um. But for me, you know, there are two horses I like in here that have the golden pattern. They're both the same price in the morning line. This is another John White morning line. Everyone's four to one or five to one or six to one. They're not all going to be four or five or six to one. I think the nine clearly unhinged and the three howl are going to be, you know, clear favorites. You know, they're going to be separated quite a bit from the rest, I think. So I think the rest of the horses could have higher prices, including the ones I like. So that's just something to keep in mind. I think the nine clearly unhinged and three howl will be clear favorites, much more so than he's got them on the morning line. And the one I'm going to go with is six ice dancing uh, is the kind of classic second off a layoff um, pattern. Comeback race was good, but not too good. Um, should really set it up second off the layoff to run big. Um, and she has won before going two turns, which I like. Going you know, the seven furlong distance shouldn't be a problem. Her comeback effort was six and a half. In fact, she's never gone any shorter than six and a half. Seven should be perfect. She can be win on the lead or from you know stock and pounce. Um, she's won both ways. Uh, there does seem to be some pace in here, but not outrageously fast like the Malibu and. Um, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see her on the lead or seeing her sitting off the lead. Either way, it just depends on how it unfolds. Um, and I just think she should get a good trip. She should be sitting on a monster race second off a layoff. And she could float up above that six to one morning line. Um, there's another similar kind of horse in here. And, uh, you know, Price will probably be my guide. But I think um, this is the one that will be a little higher of the two. And... Um, you know, there's a lot to like. So I'm going to go with the six ice dancing. 
<clears throat> okay, um, I, I think I don't think we're on this. I think the other horse that you're talking about is not the one that I have, but it is one I'm using. The horse that I am playing with some slight reservations is Big Pond, who is one for one of the distance and was seriously bumped in her last off of freshening. Uh, her numbers say she's right there. Um, the the only hesitation I have is that her two big races were on Lasix, and um, that's you know that it's a legitimate hesitation. But what I liked about her first race is she had some trouble, shook it off and won. And her last race, she was pretty seriously bumped at the beginning. And I think it, it had an effect on her. Um, so I think she's five to one based on the morning line. Uh, yes, five to one. The other horse I'm interested in, which is probably yours because it's the golden pattern, is Royal Spa. Uh, a little bit slower, but one debut at six and a half furlongs. And sh that was as a two-year-old. Should handle the seven furlongs distance. And uh, this trainer, Ru Rudy, Rudolph Brissett, Rudy Brissett, um, he, uh, you know, he, I think he's, he's done well in California. And um, I, I like that he brought the horse in for, uh, to get acclimated. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's one for two at Santa Anita, and he's, he's got one, one win. So um, I, I like that he brought the horse in a few weeks early for acclimation so um so big pond for me but i'll also be using royal spa and i liked ice dancing i just i, I just didn't pick the horse but i'll use that one too yeah nothing wrong with big pond one thing i'd note about royal spa you know you said the golden pattern but also that horse is uh all three of its sprints or wins two routes it didn't run that well so it's another Kind of like Ray's Kane by violence, who they tried to get to stretch out. Didn't run too bad, but I mean, you know, it was probably overmatched trying to go two turns and, or at least going to, yeah, two turns both times. Um, but, you know, sprinting hasn't ever lost. Um, and now, like you said, seven furlongs shouldn't be a problem. Second off the layoff goal and pattern. Um, the problem with that one does pick up IRAD, which I think will, will, is why I think ice dancing. Will be a better price. It's just the jockey. Um, I think they're going to play I read, um, and, and and you know, it's all about price. But those two are pretty close. I would give it slight edge to ice dancing at even odds, but I have a feeling that one will be a little better price. So that's probably the why. You know, that's why I'm making that one my pick, and probably the one that I would play. Um, yeah, actually, no. Now I'm remembering. I, I I don't remember who Rudy Brissett won with. It was it was a stakes horse, I think, at Santa Anita. But he got second uh, with Ugiri in the uh, Philly Mare Sprint this year. So uh, he 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 knows how to ship into California and and do well. And like you said, this one's been, um, you know at Santa Anita for almost, you know, the whole month and has three workouts. So like it, it should be acclimated and, and uh, ready to run its best second off a layoff. In fact, since I've got the workout report, let's see what they say about Royal Spa. 
Easy action. Uh, well, first, December 6th, total breeze, rating B. December 13th, easy action, every step, rating B. And December 18th, maintenance jog to wrap up the pattern. So just a maintenance move. Yeah, not, nothing special. Yeah, I, I, did, I watched some of the works that they had on XBTV for this race, too. Um, and nobody jumped. Nobody looked particularly good or bad. Um, I didn't really change my opinion of anybody on the. I, I they didn't have races for everybody, but oh, there was one. Um, I kind of liked Blessed Touch as a long shot. Um, thought there was a chance that this horse might run well uh, if it can fire off the layoff. But I watched its work with Big Pond, and Big Pond just crushed. So I think that horse is going to need at least one race before it fires. And Big Pond looked pretty good in that workout. So I would say, you know, Big Pond looked pretty good, but Blessed Touch didn't look too very good. They worked together. Um, so that was the one work where I noticed something that I took away um, from it. The rest of them all, you know, they looked pretty good, but nothing special, nothing bad. Okay, we'll go to the last race of the sequence. It's a maiden special weight, mile on turf, first of 65,000 for two-year-old fillies. What do you got? Yeah, this is the, you know, they Santa Anita, they typically end with a, a turf race, maiden turf race, either a sprint or a route, and always makes the pick five challenging. Uh, but I like these turf maiden races, and I've gotten some of my best plays out of these races, so I'm not complaining. Um, but it certainly will uh, make it tough to finish this off. Uh, you know, you can make a case for a lot of them. I, I definitely have a, a pick in here and a play, hopefully. Um, you know, this is another one where I think uh, some of these morning lines will be a, a little bit different at post time. And I th hope that's the case for the horse I like in here, the number three, Gerwig, who um, is a very a well-bred horse bred to route on the turf by Kitten's Joy out of a mare who's had two pretty good foals. One, Bobby's Kitten, who's actually a Breeders' Cup winner and was very, very good at a mile. Uh, he won at six and a half down the hill, but he was really a miler. And Camelot Kitten was more of a router. Both those are million-dollar rated stakes winning horses. Um, out of this mare by Kitten's Joy. So it's a full to those horses. And um, uh, so I'm looking at these first two races as strictly preps. And if you watch the replay, that's exactly what they look like, especially the last one. The horse broke really well. It was a five furlong race at Del Mar. And then the jockey just took a hammer lock and just dragged the horse way off the lead. I mean, like a dozen lengths behind the field. And then kind of let it do some running on the turn and galloped out really strong. I mean, it was just a clear prep. And now they stretch it out to the distance it's supposed to be at. Second off a layoff, third star of its life. You know, has two sprint preps under its belt. Gets a good post. Has more speed than you'd think off that last race. Because in its debut, they did sort of the same thing. It broke fast and they dragged it back. But they dragged it. They didn't drag it way back. They just tucked it in off the lead. So, I mean, it's not a speed ball or anything, but it has sp enough speed to get a good position going the first turn. Um, gets Junior Alvarado, who's shipped in, I guess, to ride some other horses. Um, so that's a nice upgrade on the rider. 
uh, a lot to like on this horse. It was 22 to one in his last start and ran off, was beaten seven links. So I don't know why it's six to one in the morning line. I'm hoping that doesn't hold up. I'm hoping to get a better price than that. But, you know, I think Gerwig's definitely the kind of horse I like to play in this kind of race. Okay. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so I actually, <laughs> this is a tough race. I mean, if I play the pick five, which I am likely to do, um, I would, I, I probably have to go deep in this race. And, um, the horse that I'm picking on top, I don't, I don't like the posts, but I like everything else about it. And that is American dream maker, which is a 48, one gate work trainer, six for 30 with first time starters, uh, in turf routes that are two years old. He's actually six for 46 with all age groups, but um, but he's six for 30 with two-year-olds with a 297 ROI. Um, so and has some has some turf breeding, I I believe uh, I I forget. Mm, well, it's American Pharaoh out of a tap and mare. There's no direct turf breeding. I, I'm not. I I didn't see if. Uh, the sibling has won on turf or not, but um, that's enough for me. I I would also use Speed Chopper in the one post, who doesn't have any you know particular reason. I, I don't see any particular reason except that uh, you know I don't see like siblings that have run on dirt uh, turf, but I, but I have seen quality many quality roads run well on turf and. Um, uh out of a malibu moon mare and 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 this this one gets the rail so so i would use those two and i'm just not sure uh gerwig I, i'm interested in gerwig I, I definitely have that as a contender uh i don't know you know it's interesting that junior alvarado he's he's a good jockey there's perfectly good jockey but he does win at only eight percent on the turf and I, I don't know if he's had any really good ones on the turf, but um, you know I, I am I am kind of wondering why the trainer went with Junior Alvarado, uh, who I don't think he's used before. Um, it's just kind of an interesting choice because he's not known as a turf rider, um, so I, I don't know if he loves the horse's chances or what, but. Um, but I do like that breeding, and I do like the uh, the the small move from first to second race as a two year old. So, so I don't know. I'm kind of all over on I'm all over the place on this race. You convinced me to use almost any of them. Yeah, it's one of those wide open races. Just an interesting thing on the first time starters from McCarthy. You know, American Remaker and and American Pharaoh is turf breeding. His horses are better on the turf than dirt tip. You can have good dirt horses too, but you know, most all the stakes winners are on the turf. So I, I, I mean, he's got a good turf breed and he has a fast gate drill 48 and two. Um, but speed chopper, at least, but everything that's published that I could find, he's never had a gate drill, which is kind of weird. Um, so, you know, to me, that's a negative <laughs> it hasn't ever, had a, a workout out of the gate. Um, 
But well, uh, and he still may have started out of the gate. You know, he's probably been trained out of the gate, just not not. Well, yeah, I mean, they have to pass the starters. The starters got to prove him out of the gate. You know, so he's clearly broken from the gate. You know, for the starter, but it's just weird that he doesn't have any gate works. Um, and, and his stablemate does, and you know, almost every horse has at least one gate drill before they make their first start. That's just. It could just be he had one. It's just not written down that way you know i but that's just kind of weird but it's interesting you brought that up you know because we talked about this before i i'm just fade the first time starters in these two-year-old turf routes and a great example of why i do that is um the eight flight to quality uh he is making his second start he's trained by phil damato who's not even there's no argument is by far the best turf trainer in california he wins more turf route races than any trainer on graded stakes. He wins almost all of them. Heck, he usually runs second and third too. Um, so, you know, he, if anybody can train a, a horse to route on the turf, it's him. And he has never had a horse hit the board in a two-year-old, two-year-old in a turf route. Has, he hasn't had one hit the board in the last five years. Um, you know, the best trainer of turf routers in California hasn't had one horse hit the board in a turf route. Um, now he does really good second time out and, um, this horse he's got, you know, almost hit the board. He ran fourth despite what looked like an obvious prep. Um, but now he's second off a layoff. So he's definitely live. Um, problem is he gets IRAD and he's by, he's trained by D'Amato and everybody can look at the stats. So, you know, the horse could end up going off favorite, but certainly is live in here. But I mean, that's just a, an example of why I am typically going to fade those two-year-old routers unless they have great breeding and super works and a trainer that wins at a high percentage with that type like a chad brown not going to be bettable but i mean those I, i'm probably more likely to use in a race like this but you know i i said it before and i'll just kind of reinforce it here i i don't like the firster so i'm kind of against the the horses you like although at the prices you're going to get, including them, wasn't a bad idea. Of the two, I would definitely include American Dream Maker over Speed Chopper just because um, of the breeding and the workouts. I like that gait work, and I like the breeding on that horse. The, the post, like you said, is a problem, especially for a two-year-old making its first start because that's part of the reason why they don't typically do well on these turf routes. Is it's not like a dirt sprint where they just can break out of the gate and go. They've got to learn how to rate and run in traffic and listen to their rider and, you know, move on cue and run the turns and all kinds of stuff. It's just more of an education um, turf routes, just completely different kind of race. So anyway, um, I, I probably went on too long on that, but um, so I'm kind of against yours, although I, I could see including the 11 at the big price and 15 to one is pretty good price. Um, but, you know, I, I would go with the horses that have some experience over those. Did you have another bomb that you liked or did I just miss it? You know, it's, well, well, yeah, flight to quality. Um, I don't think you're going to get five to one, though. It's just another John White morning line where he made a bunch of horses five or six to one. Um, so he won't be far off. But some of those are going to be eight or ten to one and some are going to be three or four to one. And I have a feeling flight to quality is one that's going to be three or four to one, not, you know, five to one. Uh, 
But of those, maybe, you know, and the, the other one I was kind of liking until I, this is one where I watched it work and then like the five visually I thought might be a good horse in here because I thought he kind of got stuck on the lead last time. And if they can get him to come off the lead, he might do better. But they put Maldonado on, which means they're probably going to go. And I watched his last workout, and he looked really bad. He got really badly outworked by a horse named Christie's Tiger. Um, just did not look good at all in that workout. So it was on the dirt. But, um, you know, I so I, you know, I really don't like much other than Gerwig, except for maybe flight to quality. And maybe Sea Dancer, the other Yachtine horse, uh, gets Dettori. Has a tough post, but that horse could run well. So probably in this race, you know, Gerwig would be my top choice. Fly to Quality and Sea Dancer would be the other two I might include if I'm going to pick five. And maybe toss in American Dream Maker at a big price. But I probably wouldn't just because I don't see that horse winning. But maybe hitting the board at a big price might be a little more likely. So probably just the three Gerwig and then um, maybe in a backup kind of mode, I would include the eight flight to quality and the 10 seat answer. Okay. Well, great. We've wrapped We've wrapped that one up. Uh, we wrapped the sequence up. And now it's time for the best value, most likely winner portion of the program. Well, I've already told my best value, Requist or Ryquist. So, what's your best value? Uh, well, <clears throat> I think my best value is Big Pond. Um, that's the horse I'm most interested in. I, I do have, you know, originally when I was going through, I was thinking I'm singling Big Pond, and because there's value there, and because you know, I, I think horses that when they have trouble. They get bumped at the beginning. It, people don't they 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 don't take that into enough account in their betting. Uh, so, the, but I since since I made that thought in my head that that was my single, I've also got a little concerned about the uh, Lasix issue. But since I don't really have a replacement, I will, I'll, I'll leave big pond as my best value five to one. And I would make the most likely winner Hijazi, uh, uh, on the card. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the, the, those would be my two. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. If, uh, you're right about big pond and I'm right about Rayquist and Gerwig, uh, Tim Yachtine could, have the late pick three all to himself. <laughs> might, he might be having, he might win more races than Baffert on the card. Who knows? You know, if we're right. Wow. Um, that's kind of interesting. Um, all right. So what was the, oh, the most likely winner? Who did you pick? Oh, Hajazi. Yeah. yeah you know, this, this is a race where there's not a clear one. So it's kind of, silly but probably the most likely winner is a horse i'm really fading and that's the seven book smart if it if the horse doesn't regress and it gets an easy lead it probably wins for fun uh and there's probably you know at least a one out of three chance that's going to happen so that's probably more likely to win than anything else on the card so even though i'm going to be fading that horse 
now I'm thinking maybe I'd have to play a backup ticket with that horse on top. Um, it's probably a, um, a, uh, uh, most likely winner. I'd go with the seven books mark just because the race seems to be just fall in its lap. And if it runs anything close to its last race, it will probably win. I'm just counting on it regressing, but you know, that's a probabilistic opinion. It's not a, oh, he's going to regress. You know, I don't, that's not the way I play. This horse is going to run huge. This horse is going to run terrible. It's always a range of probabilities. I think there's a good probability the horse will regress, but there's a decent probability it won't. And if it doesn't, it, it probably wins for fun. So I'll go with seven book smart as the most well, likely winner. The thing I would say about that horse that I, I didn't say before, but I meant to, uh, you know, his last big win, which was a big top, was uh, at five furlongs on the turf and now is going to the hill. So, you know, stretches out. It's not that much of a stretch out. It's a furlong and a half, but it's enough that 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 can make the difference. So, I I would say you know there's a really good chance that people pound book smart, and I can totally see the horse looking like it's got an easy win, the top of the stretch, and then just uh, shortening stride at the end and getting caught. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, but. You know, down the hill, six and a half is not really six and a half. You know, they, they get to fly down the hill for almost a half a mile. So it, it's really plays shorter. And this horse has won at six and a half, you know, legit six and a half on the dirt before. So it's not like it hasn't carried its speed that distance. So, and uh, I mean, to me, it's it's a mixed bag. And that's why it's one of those horses that, that yeah, it's the most likely winner, but it also could run off the board at you know four to five so it's the kind of horse i like to take a shot against re realizing sometimes they're going to beat you you know sometimes you can you know sometimes uh you get the bear and sometimes the bear gets you yeah right right okay well i guess that's about it so we uh we we don't have a guest so so i can't thank our guests but um it's usually what I do at this time of the show. Uh, I would like to wish our listeners happy holidays, and I hope everybody who celebrates Christmas has a Merry Christmas. And um, later tonight, I will be at St. Patrick's Cathedral, where my girlfriend's daughter is a, an opera singer and is singing a solo in the chorus of St. Patrick's. So that's what I'm doing tonight. Yeah, well, that's... Sounds a little more eloquent. Uh, I'll be watching uh, my grandkids rip through wrapping paper, <laughs> <laughs> which is fun. I, 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 it's probably as much fun as you can have as a grandparent. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. But they're, they're doing it tonight. Singers. They're not waiting until tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, yeah. Typically, we we'll, we open them Christmas Eve, and then Santa comes and brings them some, you know, big Santa gift. Um, but uh, we typically do the present opening uh, in the evening on, the night, on Christmas Eve. That's just kind of the way we do it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's something I have done in the past. Um, and I'm actually kind of a fan of that uh, methodology. But I haven't done that in a few years. And I, I, don't, I don't think in my current setting that I will be doing that. Um, but, um, but I will be, after midnight, I will be in St. Patrick's Cathedral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, but you might, Wait, wishing you know, I was in bed. Yeah. You might come home and, you know, 
uh, surprise Santa when he's dropping off his gifts. So. Couldn't bump into the old guy. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, so thanks for a great year, everybody. And that will conclude show number 255 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Santa Anita and please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. Merry Christmas, everyone. Ho, ho, ho.